and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 62nd episode of the podcast for the week of July 22nd, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I am so happy to welcome back one of my favorite people to talk to, DC area astrologer and yoga instructor, Jack Marsh. And we're going to be discussing Leo season 2019. So we'll be taking a look ahead at what Leo season has in store. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access to the podcast for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon. I am also running a poll that is public over on my Patreon right now because I am creating new tiers uh, that will be going up at the beginning of August. So I'd love to have your input if you'd like to see uh, more for me or just put in what you'd like to see in general. So you can find that over at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week blazing through the cardinal fires of Aries as she continues along in her waning cycle. She then enters the stabilizing earth of Taurus midday Wednesday, where she will go on to make her last quarter square later that evening. She roots down further into this energy until Saturday, when she ingresses into the intellectual air of Gemini, and where she will remain for the rest of the weekend. So just a quick heads up that all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. All right, my friends. Well, this week we enter into Leo season. Yay! Uh, And we also have a last quarter moon in Taurus conjunct Uranus, which will shake some things up. We have Mercury retrograde, who is backing up to make a conjunction with Venus before she then goes on to ingress into Leo. We also have Mars and Leo making a trine to Jupiter and Sag, which will heat some things up. And we also have the Sun now in Leo making a trine to Chiron and Aries, which is also stoking some fires. So life is moving along this week. So let us waste no time and dive right in. 
On Monday, we have the moon in Aries, and she will make a trine to the sun super early in the morning while we sleep here in North America. And that will be all the action she will be doing on Monday. But we also have the sun ingressing into Leo around 7.51 p.m. here on the Pacific coast. So it'll be a little later in the day, and if you are anywhere else in the world, world the sun will be ingressing on Tuesday. And so let's talk about that real quickly here. So our sun, our solar awareness, swims to shore to shake off the cancer season by lighting a bonfire to help dry some of that wetness and bring the warm, creative, and inspiring fires of Leo to the surface. Not gonna lie, this is one of my favorite times of year. My Leo planets light up in this energy, making this a fun in the sun time of year to play and live your joy. So the heart gets lit up to encourage a greater connection to the expression of selfhood. And there is usually never a dull moment. So happy birthday to all you Leos and happy rejuvenation period to all you Leo risings. Now, this is where I'll stop that because Jack and I are going to be talking all about Leo and all about Leo season later in the program. So make sure you stay tuned. So the bottom line for Monday is, is that be on the lookout for uh, some emotionally purifying dreams that can help heal with that moon sun trine that is perfecting at 29 degrees of cancer while we sleep. And so we may uh, feel fired up and ready to go with Luna igniting fires in Aries. And most of the day, uh, we have the sun still residing at 29 degrees of Cancer. So there may be some tests to get through along the way um, or a shifting of energy that challenges what we've learned over the last 30 days. So just keep that in mind. Uh, But pick the low-hanging fruit on Monday uh, because Aries, you know, might be a little impatient there. And we can become invigorated by the new energy that is on the horizon. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Aries, and she will trine Mars and Jupiter and then make a square to Saturn in Pluto. And so we don't have anything perfecting on Tuesday. So the bottom line is that we get a flow of inspiration into the Mars-Jupiter trine that is coming up on Thursday, which I'll get to here in a second. Yet there is restriction and intensity in the air with Saturn and Pluto squaring off with that hot under the collar Aries moon. So let yourself feel empowered by the day and use it to instigate change and growth in your life. There may be some unsettling moments within the emotional expansion that is taking place, yet these are necessary hiccups to empower self-confidence. So stand tall within who you are and filter whatever passion that arises towards a positive new direction. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is still in Aries, but will move into Taurus and make her last quarter moon position. Uh, Last quarter will happen about 6.18 p.m. here in the evening on the Pacific coast, and that move into Taurus will be about mid-afternoon. And so along the way, she'll square Venus and Mercury retrograde, and she will also square the sun, which is our last quarter moon phase. So a couple things of note, as you know, because I've said it like five times now, it's last quarter in Taurus. (laughs) But we also have Mercury retrograde making the conjunction with Venus in the late degrees of Cancer. So we're going to combine these two together. So here we have... well, so Mercury, you know, Mercury is that information principle, perception, how we learn things and communicate or news that comes in or emails, phone calls, those types of things. Uh, and with 
Conjunctions, these are always new cycles where the energy is merging and becoming one together. And of course, Venus, uh, who we had a lot of action from last week, is uh, making her uh, another debut here. And that is her energy with relationships uh, and opening up and attracting things in and rebalancing and harmonizing our lives. And so here we have magician Mercury backing up to connect with Venus in the late degrees of Cancer. Uh, And it's a few days after the messenger started a whole new three-and-a-half-month cycle with its inferior conjunction to the sun. Because remember, Mercury conjuncted the sun on Sunday. So our new seedlings of emotional perception merge with the attraction principle of Venus, and we have the ability to make magic. Now, of course, with last quarter uh, moon in Taurus, which is looking to Venus, you know, because Venus uh, rules Taurus, we will need to open up and trust our feelings while also using that moon Uranus energy to clear the way and shake up our desires a bit. Because that last quarter moon position is going to be contacting Uranus there in the early degrees of Taurus. So there is a friction that is calling for us to close down old manifestation energy and open up to the next chapter that awaits. And there is likely to be emotional tension in the changes. And that is why trust is so crucial. So trust that new foundations are being built and our greatest works still lie ahead. So use your magic and invoke the law of attraction to your benefit. So the bottom line for Wednesday is that we wake up to a lunar tension that lights up the Mercury retrograde uh, Venus conjunction. So take note of your tone uh, as you start the day, as that will give you insight into that transit. So, you know, how you wake up in the morning or what kind of level you're on. That's going to be telling as to how this conjunction is working out for you. So we then head to our last quarter moon position in the evening and one that is tinged with a Uranian energy that is rooting down in Taurus. So this is likely to be another active day that leads to awareness through friction and challenge. And like I said earlier, let's use this spark to create magic. A crisis of consciousness brings inner struggle, yet it may be just what is needed to shake up some stale energy and replace it with promising new manifestations. All right, so Thursday, the moon is fully in Taurus. And of course, she makes that conjunction to Uranus super early in the morning here uh, in the U.S. And then she will go on to square Mars and then trine Saturn. Also of note, on Thursday, we have Mars uh, making a trine to Jupiter, uh, who is still retrograde, but is on his way to station uh, in a couple weeks' time here. So just FYI on that. So, all right, Mars, you know, that's our action. That's our where we are motivated, how we assert ourselves, where we're driving forward. That's where we might get a little angry or have, you know, accidents from time to time. Uh, so because it has an aggressive warrior-like energy. And of course, trines, you know, these are flowing uh, aspects. There are no boundaries. There are no obstacles. It is just a river that flows. Very fiery river, (laughs) this particular trine. And so where is that river flowing? Well, it's going towards Jupiter, which is the principle of expansion and growth and movement. 
So here we have a blazing fire flowing through this week like a molten lava stream as Mars and Leo trines into Jupiter and Sagittarius. And it has been uh, a bit since we've had a Ptolemaic aspect to Jupiter. Not since Venus touched down by opposition uh, to the great benefic on June 23rd. So it's been uh, over a month since we've had a Jupiter transit. So after a period of heavy Saturn, Pluto, Neptune action, we are now beginning to feel the warmth of Jupiter once more. And this is likely to be a time where inspiration is flowing and the creative fires are roaring. But it can also be a time that can be rather dramatic within what it is that we encounter. And we are probably going to see some things heat up on the world stage. Because trines, you know, just because they flow doesn't always mean that the energy is easy or docile. Because Mars can be a hothead, and Jupiter and Sag can be on a high horse, uh, which can allow for drama to ensue. So just an FYI. Yet on a more personal note, there will be a passion lit up within us as our stories morph under this heat, and we can focus this fire to help bring about expansion and movement in our lives. These are outward-reaching energies because this is masculine fire. So for some, there may be a path of fire that is left in this trine's wake. Yet whatever gets burnt up is preparing the soil for new growth. Think of a forest fire and how we need that fire in order to germinate those new seeds. Because what we know is changing. So allow beliefs about yourself and your story to transmute at this time. There will be many trines to Jupiter that are coming up on the horizon. So consider this one to be clearing the path and setting the way for the growth spurt that is to come. All right, so the bottom line for Thursday is that dreams may shake us up with that mid, uh, mid-sleep conjunction to Uranus, just FYI. So if energy feels unsettling as you awake, you'll know why. But it's also possible to feel totally free and light through the release of the subconscious. Uh, so it can go either way uh, with that uh, conjunction there. But during the day, lunar energy turns up the stubbornness with the Mars energy squaring from two fixed signs. Uh, yet if we need to root down, there will be the spark to do so. The lunar trine to Saturn has us flowing with our long-term plan for manifestation. So use the energy to get some work done and help architect your visions for the future. Now, on Friday, the moon is still in Taurus, and she will make a sextile to Neptune, a trine to Pluto, a sextile to Mercury retrograde, and a sextile to Venus. And so we don't have anything perfecting on Friday, so the bottom line is we have yet another day in the slow and steady energy of the Taurus moon, making it prime time to continue whatever work is on our plates and bring things to completion. This will probably be the most settled day that we have the moon in Taurus after we get away from that Uranian energy. Now, the lunar sextile to Mercury retrograde will help us to reach out to others and find intuitive solutions um, to whatever project is before us or if we've had uh, some things that we've been trying to figure out for a while, you know, because this is retrograde energy, we might get that little piece that helps us today. And with the evening trying to Venus, the night may warrant a tasty meal at home with the ones you love because it's been a long week, so take a load off and enjoy yourself. Uh, But Venus is sitting at that tested 
29 degrees of Cancer there because she's about to move into Leo. So if there were any relating or balance-oriented hiccups earlier, we can now kind of smooth that over uh, through this emotional energy that is more practical and grounded in its approach. All right, so we're into the weekend, Saturday. Saturday, the moon is in Gemini now and will make a sextile to the sun very early in the morning. We also have Venus ingressing into Leo that day, which will be happening at 6.54 p.m. here, Pacific time. And so let's talk about Venus moving into Leo. So the energy of the divine feminine heats up a bit as Venus moves from the cuddly home life of Cancer and into the lit center stage of Leo. Venus in Leo is a big Venus, and she wants to be loved, appreciated, praised, and have her mane stroked a bit. So she will be further emphasizing the need for self-care and self-love as we ground and root down in our creative desires and personal expression. Relationships heat up, drama and passion can definitely ensue, and there is likely to be an awakening of that kundalini-like energy. Expressing the self's desires will be forefront, and if your relationships are on the same page, it will feel inspiring and purposeful. Yet if those desires are different, that's where a blaze may take place. So getting on the same page will be key, for there is a lot of forward movement ahead. So share and express from your heart and allow that signal to boost enthusiasm and attract in your deepest desires. Now, uh, Venus will be in Leo until August 21st, so take advantage of that energy. All right, so the bottom line for Saturday is that energy lightens with that Gemini moon, making a harmonious sextile to the sun. So we are adapting to the changes that are around us, and the mind may have several ideas it is entertaining at once. So this is a great day to socialize with our friends, have enlightening chats, and or read a good book. So take it light and easy, for Gemini energy loves to flit around. All right, so Sunday, the moon is still in Gemini, and she will make an opposition to Jupiter, a sextile to Mars, a square to Neptune. Uh, And we also have the sun making a trine to Chiron, who was retrograde that day. And so let's talk about that real quick. And so our sun now in Leo, you know, this is a life force energy in its own domicile. Keep in mind, the sun loves being in Leo. That's its spot. And so any sun transit is going to bring awareness uh, and a new sense of purpose and a new sense of vitality where we turn a page. And once again, like we said before, with the Mars-Jupiter trine, there's no obstacles here. That energy is flowing. And so where is it flowing to? Well, it's going to Chiron in Aries. And Chiron is all about uh, bringing healing opportunities. But a lot of times that has to come through triggers or old wounds where something comes up that we have to work through. And so we get wisdom through, uh, through maybe these more painful experiences or looking back at them or uh, making some choices that might be uh, painful from time to time. And so with the enlightenment of the solar consciousness flowing with the healing energy of Chiron, we are coming back home to our own knowledge at this time. I have a feeling that there will be inner processes taking place that allow us to find relief from painful situations of the past, for we can now see them with a greater conscious awareness. We are inspired, because this is happening in fire signs. Keep in mind, it's a inspiring, enthusiastic energy. And so we can feel inspired now by a newfound wisdom that is helping to cut through the pain or martyrdom that came before, for there is a greater sense of clarity on our past hurts. 
So if we flow with these uplifting fires, we can now move forward with a greater confidence from the empowered space of what it is we now know. So the bottom line for Sunday is, is that FYI, it may be a little rough getting out of bed this morning with that waning moon square to Neptune. So if you're like, oh, everything's a dream, don't try to push yourself too hard on Sunday first thing. But, you know, although chances are it may have been another night of active dreaming uh, with all the lunar energy that perfects while we sleep in North America, you know, just keep in mind that you might have done a lot of work while you sleep. And so intellectual energy is still in the air as emotions meet reason because we have Mercury uh, in mutual reception with the moon because Mercury is in Cancer and the moon is in Gemini. So they are talking to one another through their rulership. And so this makes the weekend a, in general, you know, a wonderful time to process emotional residue through a detached and impartial filter. Because we are learning a lot about ourselves at this time, and we can get to create the next story, because Gemini loves to create the story. All right, so let's wrap that up. You know, we are coming down from eclipse season and life is beginning to move forward. There is likely still some healing that needs to take place as we shake up old energy and find inspiration and enthusiasm for our future moves. Luckily, a renewed sense of wisdom is at our fingertips and we can now find a home for this newfound knowledge. All right, so now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little extra something to the forecast. So this week I drew the Four of Swords as the focus, again, in the Five of Cups as the grounding. So with the Four of Cups, the Four of Swords, Mercury, Four of Swords is back again. And I found it quite funny that the same focus card from last week is showing up in our spread. And so we are still continuing along, taking a breather from the world as we recharge our batteries and get ready for the activity that lies ahead. So replenishing our strengths is still key at this time, and we are in the midst of getting clarity around our life and its direction. So do what is needed to have that downtime to continue this recouping process. And there is no rush here, even if there feels like there may be, for we want to have the energy needed when it is go time, and there are still some things left to process. Now, with the Five of Cups as the grounding, much of what we are processing or getting an increased peace on is past heartbreak or loss or grief. Whether it was last week or 20 years ago, this is a time to meditate and release some of these old hurts to find a sense of calm and understanding through contemplation and meditation. Life doesn't always go according to plan, and that can bring disappointment and pain. Yet we must move on from those upsets and hope that a better future awaits. So purge, release, and let go of the past with a forgiveness for what has come before. For living with pessimism and regret will only taint the promise that lies ahead. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the monkey. Our cheeky little primate here is come to tell us that we need to take an intellectual approach to our situations this week so that we may adapt to the current flow and find innovative solutions for the road ahead. Now, this is not a time of rigidity for life is changing, <clears throat> last quarter moon <laughs> in Taurus, and not all directions will work out and that's okay. 
because the monkey is an intelligent creature with great ingenuity. So let curiosity and inquisitiveness help turn the situation around. So get your feelers out there and see what you can see and hear what you can hear, for new information will come and will come in once we look at things from all angles. So we got to turn it around, you know, kind of Rubik's cube it a little bit there. Because now is not the time to get stuck in old habits or the comfort of routine. You know, once again, we're tying into this Taurus last quarter moon conjunct Uranus. We are shaking this up. We're trying to get new routines. So, you know, shake it up a bit uh, and work on what needs improvement in your life at this time. All right, so as you've heard for a couple weeks now, I am shaking up my Patreon. See, I'm taking the monkey's advice here. And like I said earlier in the program, I am running a public poll over on my Patreon, which goes until last quarter on July 24th. And so right now I have the option of show notes. I have the option of Astro Story Time, where we talk about uh, where I do a presentation on historical figures from the past, current events, um, different things that where we can look through an astrological lens. I have an option of in the news where we look at the news and what's going on in the world through the through the astrology. Uh, there's an astro music option. There are a lot of different things I'm entertaining and I'm also open to suggestions um, because I think I have a lot of knowledge to share and I'd love to get the right format uh, for people to take part in that. Now, of course, my tarot subscription is running for two more weeks. This is the second to last uh, installment. And so last week we worked on contemplating outcomes. And this week we are working on manifesting stability. So if you want to find out more about my Patreon and participate in the poll, which I hope you will, you can go over to Patreon uh, at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Woo! Mercury Retrograde is doing a doozy on me right now. So, all right, everyone. Well, I appreciate your input, and I do hope that you are willing to give it. Uh, Enough of that. So let's get to this Leo season. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy, per usual, to welcome back one of my favorite guests. We have Jack Marsh with us. Hi, Jack. Hi, Mel. How are you? I'm great. It was now that you're around. Like, I just want to go on. I just want to nurture that moon of his. Let me tell you more about how much I love you. <laughs> I'll never stop you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll never stop <laughs> loving you. Okay. Contain yourself, Mel. All right. So. <laughs> If you have been a listener of the podcast before, you know that I there. Jack has been here on several occasions. Is this the fifth time? Fifth, six? It's fifth or six? No, it's getting I, there. It's getting there. It's getting there. And so, of course, you know, we're to Leo season already. And of course, I'm like, mm, who do I want to talk about Leo season with? And of course, this big old Leo moon. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Like, yes, yes, and yes. So before we get started here on all the Leo season 2019 details, uh, Jack, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Give them a little recap. For sure. Well, I am a DC area uh, astrologer, uh, yogi, and interior designer, a jack of all trades, truly. And uh, I have been into astrology for uh, going on, wow, like going on just about um, 10 years now. Uh, it was a, a little bit of a pre-second Jupiter return for me and then really got uh, heavy into astrology as I turned 24 uh, into the college days. And uh, 
I love the sky and light and uh, breathing with yoga and making spaces beautiful. I love it. Love it. Perfect. So, okay. So I've been doing this segment with other people about what sparked their interest in astrology. Cause I, you know, I'm curious, like how do people get into astrology? So what, so you just said at your first Jupiter return? So the second Jupiter return is when I really dove into it. Um, uh, hardcore. Um, there was definitely my, I was raised by a very wonderful spiritual mother who was also Catholic, very, very woke and new agey. For uh, my confirmation, when I was in eighth grade, I got a book on the saints to pick a saint name. And then I also got a bag of Nordic rune stones to better define my future. So uh, both from my mother, amazing, amazingness. Uh, but I, it was actually around that uh, end of college time when for Christmas one year, she got me a book that was, um, I think it was the, the last book of astrology you'll ever need or the only book of astrology you'll ever need, whichever one that is. Yes. Yes. Um, but at, that just started a voracious craving and reawoke something that I had uh, researched more when I was in that sort of middle school space. So I guess, you know, just after the first uh, first Jupiter return, ceilings being planted. Mm-hmm. But then as a price, I had to live out the incarnation of this Leo moon, and I turned to performing for the majority of that second um, period between age 12 to age 24. of that Jupiter return really living out that... Uh, um, that adolescent and childhood journey of the moon um, and doing a lot of performing during that time. Oh, how I, well, I'm interested to see what's going to be happening third time around, you know, third time right? charm as you get back to here. <laughs> it does seem like I was saying to other people that um, it seems that these Jupiter returns either enter someone in or the Saturn return. It, they're, it's, you know, and here you're a great example of the second Jupiter return, like maybe a little flavoring in the first. Um, but yeah, it just brings you to it. It's almost like I consider it a, a memory. Like you, you get reintroduced to it, but the reason you like it so much to begin with is you're like, I mean, I think that maybe yes. I probably liked this kind of stuff in previous lives if you believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> Star Watchers. Yes. So I do, biased. It's you biased. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what Lisa Scheim was saying too, that she, the same book, the only astrology book you'll ever need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was her a little, her entrance point as well. So <laughs> we're seeing that and we're seeing Linda Goodman, the Linda Goodman girls. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, well I'm anything I have in common with Lisa Scheim is a blessing. I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure there's plenty. (laughs) All right. So now we know how Jack got into astrology. We're collecting our stories here. Um, So let's get into this Leo energy for Leo season that is starting basically the the day that this episode will air on uh, July 22nd. We have the sun moving into Leo. It'll be late in the day. It'll be 7.51 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast, which of course will be 10.51 over by where you are on the East Coast. So, you know, we'll be sneaking in on Monday. The 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 tides will shift to the fires. <laughs> We're going from water to fire here. And so, uh, you know, let's recap some Leo energy in general, Jack. Tell us a little bit about Leo, you know, personally. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've got that wonderful fixed fire. And so we want to always go back to those elemental roots when we're ever breaking down the essential natures of, of a sign. So we have the fire, the divine spark of inspiration, motivation, action transformation in its fixed or still form. And there is something about um, 
air and fire share the quality of being dry, while uh, water and um, earth share quality of being uh, like damp or moist. Um, in water and air. Did you say water and air? I, I, yes, I meant water and air. Yes, thank you very yeah. much. Mel. Mercury oh, retrograde alert. Yes, Mercury retrograde alert. What I meant to say was the principle of wetness is shared by air and water, and the dryness is shared by earth and fire. So the uh, fixed signs of Leo and Taurus somehow for me are even more fixed mm-hmm. than the signs of Scorpio and Aquarius because there's sort of an ability to glide in Aquarius and there's an ability to have chemical reaction and still transformation within the context of Scorpio. So Leo and Taurus really are the most, um, the most standalone, the most fixed of the fixed signs because of that extra dryness they have. Mm. So it's definitely the strength of ego and that's both its greatest blessing and its greatest curse. It's being, you know, self-aware and able to be prideful in oneself and what one knows one wants and what one knows is right or just according to your beliefs, um, the ability to stand with authority. But it's also, of course, the uh, the curse of hubris, the original sin in, in Catholicism, the, uh, the first and root sin of all the seven deadly sins, uh, excessive pride of my way or the highway when really you got to take the highway. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I've tried so long not to take the highway. <laughs> I'm like, I am not taking this exit. <laughs> I, will, I will burn myself to the ground before I get. And that will hap- that happens sometimes with Leo energy because you just get, can stay so stubborn. Yeah, I love Keep what going you're- until you run out of gas or until your tank erupts in flames. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right oh that's so funny um makes me think of a child's tantrum when they're like you just yes. let, them, let them cry it out they'll get there but then but then you're like but that's fixed it could take a while <laughs> yeah, i can think of no better analogy for uh your honest and taurus squaring the sun and leo than a temper tantrum <laughs> in its low form of course there could be some really wonderful shakeups, uh, and i'm sure we'll get to this in the forecast uh, upcoming here um, but there could be some wonderful shakeups regarding uh, figures of authority for you in your life or the way that uh, um, people that will be listening will uh, interface or react to power within the established structures of their life. But um, it definitely could carry the energy of, of tantrum for yeah. Well, and sometimes it takes that. Like, I mean, me personally, like I kind of have to have a moment <laughs> before I'm like, like I have to have that frustration and that like disruption and the maybe a few tears here and there before I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> to do this. I got to tackle the whatever it needs my attention or make this change or, or uh, just do whatever I need. And sometimes you just need that friction first. And I think it's interesting, a lot of what seems to be coming down for this particular Leo season seems like a friction ahead of time, but then some smooth sailing afterwards. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. But yeah, so we're in, we are going into fixed fires basically here. Um, and so there is that principle. I love how you said motivation, because I think that is going to be a strong factor in a lot of the Leo energy at 
that place is that inspiration and that motivation paired together. Uh, after we go through, you know, because we'll have be coming out of eclipse season here from in Cancer, and a lot of us are wiggling out of these cocoons or like in between two different spaces, and we're like, where's this going next? I can kind of feel it. And I think that the Leo season and that fixity is going to give us, you know, a, a sense of purpose and authority, like you were saying, to, you know, basically drive forward at this point. Um, and so, you know, Leo, we, we need courage, right? We need some risks with mm-hmm. that fire. We need, uh, we need some joy in our lives. We need some fun. Absolutely. And one thing that fun and joy have in common for everyone, even though it'll look different from, from everyone, is that uh, joy and fun sits a little bit from perspective. This is fun for me. Mm-hmm. So it's another form of self-ownership. Like this is what I find to be fun and being able to own. I'm doing this because I'm choosing fun. Uh, and that's an important thing for me to make time for. It's the yeah. of the Leo season. Yeah, and I it, absolutely, and I think that might be some of the contention, maybe with the whole Uranus and Taurus and some of the squares that are going to be happening because it's like, oh wait, well I want to have fun in, in this realm, but then I have all these earthly uh, needs and you know financial responsibilities and things that I've already constructed in my life. And so I think there's going to be some uh, tension in those areas probably that we'll, you know, we'll have to get through. Um, But I'm excited for Leo season because I mean, I have some Leo planets, you have some Leo planets, Mm -hmm. dead heat of the summer, right? It's like when we get like the hottest, which, you know, excessive heat is going to bring passion is going to bring probably some drama. Because Leo can be a little dramatic, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it just gets a little too darn hot, girl. And you have to snap your fingers and toss your way through that season. (laughs) Yes, so the heat will be on. Especially because there's a good amount of time that we will have... um, We'll have the sun, Mars, Venus, and Mercury all in Leo, right? Uh, For a good... Portion. Let's For a very good portion. Um, where am I? What's my ephemeris say? What's going on here? Uh, yeah, so well, mm, well, with Mercury involved basically from the uh, August 11th, which is going to be a very important date for a couple of reasons, through uh, August 17th. Yeah, so basically that week, it, it's going to be fire central. Uh, once Mercury moves in there and before Mars leaves, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So we'll be on. Uh, and it's interesting because I have a I have a good friends of mine that I always found this so funny um, with a couple the two bands that I were were in. Uh, both the drummers of the band. Okay, this is one of those like stories where it's like, okay, how did these people come together? What what made this happen? Mm-hmm. And so, in both of my bands, I had a, you know one was a female drummer, one was a male drummer. They ended up dating, by the way, and they just happened to be uh, born on the same day, the same year. And so, I looked at their charts when I discovered this <laughs> and they are literally super Leos. They all, they both have, uh, the sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, this configuration that we're talking about in Leo, but all conjunct at the same, t- like 25 and 26 degrees. Isn't that like, a wild? End of Leo. That's amazing. And so I just thought it was funny that all that like two people that have incredible Leo energy and we're talking about Leo's really can be very focused on the self, right? You know, what, what about me? What do I need? And how they got together. 
uh, to basically reflect one another, basically, you know, it, it lasted for some time, not forever, but uh, how wild is that? So I that think that. And a lot of people, I, I think, would imagine that maybe two Leos together would be incompatible. But when Leo's really healthy, um, the spotlight is Leo's gift. Shining the light is Leo's gift. And uh, Leo, when it's functioning well, can absolutely share the spotlight with, uh, with mastery, not just with like efficiency or um, like technical Virgo skill, but Leo, Leo can possess the spotlight and embody others in the spotlight with it. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, I think I've seen two Leos work out, uh, uh, heavy Leo people work out very well together as long as they honor the ways in which they each want to be seen. Ah, well, that's interesting because I now just had another pe- couple pop in my head that are both uh, Leos as well, and they're both Virgo risings. So you know, and it's interesting when they they really match up. Not like a couple things, but you're like, no, you guys are a lot alike. And both of these, you know, with the drummers that I was talking about, they shared a drum kit. They supported each other there. This other couple, you know, uh, they met in actually this fantastic story. They met in Iraq because uh, he's Iraqi, and she this blazing redhead from Florida like myself, she went over there and she actually, um, she uh, became in a relationship with him and ended up uh, getting in big trouble from the government uh, and was on trial for like trees. Like it was a big deal. She ended up writing a book about it uh, called A Foreign Affair. It's by Amanda Maddie. Um, And of course they married, they had children, he moved here, you know, they're still together. They own a real estate, they're doing real estate together. You know, they're really a couple. Um, And, uh, but they both shine in their own ways. And it's just, I'm on a tangent right now, but that's a fascinating story if you're interested in that. And I love her to death. So A Foreign Affair by Amanda Maddie. (laughs) Absolutely. And what fortitude in that relationship. I think it's important to remember as well that Leo uh, rules the the heart and the spinal cord in, uh, uh, in terms of body correlations. And so it literally rules the heart and not the mind, meaning the intellect, but the felt mind of the nervous system, mm. the instinctual visceral mind, uh, that which with we self-identify in a way that we cannot extract ourselves because it's built into the vessel, right? We can intellectually detach in places like the air signs, but, but uh, in Leo, it's all of the parts of the egoic self that are uh, indivisible, from the way we experience things. Mm. Well, and that, maybe that's why pe- they get along so well. They, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's because they can recognize that in each other and connect on that level too. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I like that. So, all right. Well, we are in uh, Leo season here and there's a lot of action going on. Of course, we have a new moon uh, in Leo and the full moon in Aquarius. We have Jupiter giving a boost from Sagittarius, which will be much uh, <laughs> welcome, I think, from a lot of us we want to move on with things. Um, and, but we also have our Uranus hits coming from Uranus and Taurus there as well. So those are kind of the big highlights along with uh, some ingresses by some of the, uh, the personal planets and a few conjunctions. We have Mercury retrograde who's going to conjunct Venus and Cancer. And then we also have the sun uh, who's going to the sun and Venus are going to conjunct in Leo and actually spend a lot of time of this season together. Right, Jack, aren't the sun and Leo, uh, Venus 
buds. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to be total buds. And you, you're really going to have uh, several days of a window to have some really awesome elections. Because in addition to the actual Kazimi lasting for in, even in 17 minute degree, the like the refined short version, uh, the more redacted version, you're going to have like a day and a half of the exact, exact Kazimi with another at least day on either side uh, to be able to access that uh, energy for elections. And then even in addition, it's a mitigating factor in astrology when one planet is approaching um, another planetary body within three degrees of its own sign. So the fact that Venus is approaching the sun in Leo, you're going to start to already receive that extra beneficence once you hit like 14 degrees or so. So you'll actually get a, a, a trine, uh, like an applying trine of Venus to Jupiter at the same moment that Venus is also getting close enough to the sun to receive this wonderful extra dignity of approaching the house ruler within its own sign. Mm. Sun, you know? Yes. And so that's going to be basically kind of around, uh, basically August 6th is when we have the sun will try in Jupiter at that point. And then Venus will try in Jupiter on August 8th. We're pushing forward uh, with a Scorpio first quarter around that time. And then Jupiter is going to station direct on August 11th, uh, along with Uranus stationing retrograde and Mercury moving into Leo. So there seems to be a lot of action, um, especially in the Sun, Jupiter, Venus, this beneficent realm, uh, starting August 6th. Uh, through really that that Jupiter station. Um, and then, of course, the sun will then conjunct Venus on August 13th, which is a couple days before our full moon. And so there's a lot kind of leading up uh, in, in that area, um, which I'm excited about because I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for some good opportunities to come in. Uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really the, uh, the day coming up... Uh, uh, when we have the, these wonderful uh, sort of uh, incomplete grand fire trines, we don't have a heck of a lot of action in Aries right now, except for when the moon happens to pass through it. Mm. Uh, but then the uh, the grand trine aspects will already be separating between Jupiter and uh, Venus and the Sun over in Leo. So uh, this energy is really similar to that Game of Thrones release day earlier this summer that uh, so many astrologers left on doing so many elections on that day. Um, back in Aries season in March when uh, the game, final Game of Thrones season started. Uh, so I will be looking within the community to see exactly how many people launch new projects. During, <laughs> during I know, the- right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I mean, at that point too, you know, Mercury will have already stationed because Mercury is going to station direct um, on the lunar eclipse point on July 31st, um, you know, when we're about a week into Leo season, a little over a week into Leo season. And so uh, with Mercury stationing and then uh, about less than two weeks later, Jupiter stations direct. The Jupiter station direct is huge because, you know, that that's that push. That That's that, okay, it's, we've collected all that we needed. We've found those inner fires of inspiration. And now like, okay, how do we manifest this into the real world? What yeah. do we need to do out there? Um, and so I think that's going to be a very, uh, <laughs> a very rewarding thing for a lot of us at this point in time. But it doesn't mean that this month is necessarily all, you know, uh, what are they? Shoots. I was thinking of shoots and ladders. Where you know, right, all like, ladders. Yeah, all shoots down or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing the shoot is the is the trine that flowing action. Um, 
because we have that Uranian component that seems mm-hmm. tipping off. Uh, so basically all these planets, the sun, Venus, uh, Mercury, before they try and Jupiter in that, what we're talking about in that good luck <laughs> energy yes. forward, they're going to square Uranus first. And so Jack, I mean, what do you think about that Uranian component shaking things up? Well, I think that the order of operations here is really a blessing in and of itself because we're going to get all of these Uranian surprises first mm-hmm. and then we're going to get to all the wonderful perfections of the flowing trines to Jupiter. So what that tells me is that the interruptions that happen, the startling things that come to light or that break through these most stable structures of our lives, whatever Taurus is, Neo represents for you in your chart, uh, we are going to have help coming right behind it, you know, within a week and a half, 10 days, right behind those um, aspects perfecting for Sun and Venus. We're going to have that wonderful, amazing uh, uh, flowing trine to Jupiter to help us out. And that's going to happen right as well as I was just checking as the moon is going to be moving through Sagittarius. So we're going to really receive a lot of extra activation from our lunar lady on uh, August um, uh, end of August 8th through the beginning of August 10th we have uh, the moon sweeping through Sag and lighting up all of those aspects that just perfected with Jupiter. So I think that this is going to be, by and large, a wonderful transit for the majority of people because even if the Uranian component is surprising and really tough, there's going to be a lot of ability to ameliorate or soften or do something about the rubble that's been created by the shakeup. Ooh, I like that imagery. I mean, I don't want to be caught in the rubble, but I mean, I'm, I see where you're going with this. I'm sorry, California. <laughs> um, I'm trying to stay above ground here. Um, no, but that is a fantastic observation, Jack. And I love how you're tying the Sagittarius moon in there because I think that Willie will be helping seal the deal. And I think it is just so cosmically divine that we have Jupiter stationing direct and Uranus stationing retrograde on the same day. You can't make this stuff up because what I'm thinking is like you're saying with that Uranian component that's trying to, you know, stir or maybe break some of that rubble up that we're talking about to then go retrograde grade. So the, so the Uranian element is kind of doing one last push. Like I'm direct and this is what you need to know. This is what you need to shake up before we push ahead. And so it retracts its influence right as Jupiter gets to push its influence forward and make something out there in the real world. So we need that last like, uh, like jarring kind of influence, whether it's something that's outside of us or something that's happening inside of us. Um, because it's trying to shake up the foundation enough to allow that Jupiter energy to swirl in and light that fire and and then try and forward and move forward with the station. Um, so I, it's so perfect to me. And I've been looking out for basically August 11th since the beginning of this year. I, I just knew that this was going to be a very important uh, time frame for a lot of people to push forward. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, the thing about fire is that it needs fuel to burn. And so having all this extra um, uh, possible rubble appear in our lives from, uh, from the Uranian Taurus element uh, is going to actually, I think, give us some necessary fuel for all the combustion that Leo and Sag are calling us to, to utilize right now. Um, uh, utilize what we need for the fullness of ourself and our self-expression um, through the forward action and opportunities offered to us by pursuing our passions from a genuine place. Jupiter mm-hmm. 
Yes. And I think that fits very much into the Leo Taurus component, uh, you know, with the, with all the Leo planets going to be contacting Uranus and Taurus. And I think it's going to be about those passions and those inspirations and maybe the heart risking something to some extent. And it's uh, contesting with, you know, our fixed reality that is Taurus. And, uh, and Uranus is shaking that up, you know, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, lovely to have the sun here at the same point because the sun is speaking in its own sign, right? You know, the, the Leo is like, I have something to say and then we're aligning with this. Uranus is going to shake things up because it needs to because it has to align with this uh, Leo energy. And yeah. so, yeah, so we might be taking some risks and we might be inspired but the fixed reality that we live in and maybe some of those financial components and security components are going to have to... Um, you know, move a little. <laughs> yeah. And then just to like sort of set up that whole timing uh, completely, the very first action that'll happen with the sun and Venus is that trine to Chiron and Aries. Mm. So a lot of the resulting turmoil and surprises that arise very well might come from the self-work that we're doing to, uh, um, to heal and better ourselves. That important self-work and inward reflection is uh, uh, the place that I think most of, for most of us, uh, will, uh, that place from which will arise the surprising insights and the startling coincidences of Uranus to then, um, uh, uh, be eased further down our path towards healing. Thanks to our lunar lady and Jupiter, um, over there in Sag. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting too, because to align with what you're saying with the whole Leo component, because if we think about Leo and just fire signs in general, it's more of a masculine energy. And I don't mean that in any gender way. It's just, it's, it's asserting itself. It's pushing itself outward versus the Taurus, which is, is receptive and taking it in. And so I think that the Leo is pushing and then trining into Chiron, like you're saying there and doing that self work and Aries and that, you know, what do I need? What are, there's a lot of I involved. Um, I think coming up, especially with all the Leo, energy and then trining into that Aries component. And so uh, asserting the self and putting it out there is going to recall, or is going to need the receptiveness <laughs> of that yes. Taurus, Uranus, like, let's shake it up. You know, it doesn't have to be, this, this is a great configuration of uh, shake it up before it shakes you, right? Absolutely, for sure. And I think that uh, I love that you uh, mentioned the the prominence of the I or the ego that's going to be going on in this season with this Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, uh, all these aspects going on. Um, and I think that this would be a really great time if uh, self-ownership or um, self-confidence or self-determination are things that for you in your personal journey you're wanting to work on. There are going to be some really amazing times uh, in this upcoming month to do a magical rite, to do some internal therapy work, to do some personal self-care that's going to be able to really help someone healthfully uh, develop their ego. Because we all know what an ugly ego looks like, but how few of us can truly embody what a beautiful ego is. Mm. And because we are all individuals in this lifetime, that is a journey that all of us must undertake is how do I own that I am a separate self in this vessel in this lifetime and how do I embrace being an ego and an individual um, within the context of society, within the context of a family. And one of the great lessons of Leo is uh, one of the lessons of, um, of the stars itself because Leo is the sun and that is I am already enough. 
Mm. I am already enough for the fullness of my universe. Mm. That's beautiful, Jack. <laughs> you are enough. I'm enough. We're all enough. And we're, we're tapping into that. Like, I think we went through a lot of like what's out there in the, in the real world where we're putting our energy into with the, all the Capricorn action with the South Node, Saturn, Pluto, you know, much of what was eclipse season and cancer season. And now we're getting into these very personal domains for the most part with this, you know, Aries, Leo, uh, Taurus, um, and so I think Absolutely. that is, I, yeah. So as we like eclipsed into cancer, which is also very personal, what do I need? How do I need to nurture myself? What are my feelings telling me? And so now we got that message essentially, or at least Mercury will be still cultivating that message, um, until it stations on July 31st. Um, but I mean, really after that point, it's, yeah, it's the self is moving forward in, in many ways and it's these for sure. prepared for, yeah. I think it's also important to remember that this is the first uh, Leo or Aquarius season in which we haven't had an eclipse cycle. Mm. Uh, the last Aquarius season had our final full moon eclipse in Leo. And so this is the first uh, time in a year and a half, almost two years, that we're going to enter a Leo season where elements of ego are not going to actually boil overboard from all of that extra eclipse energy. So uh, if you remember over the last two years, actions you may have taken during either Aquarius or Leo season that were um, actions that were ego-based or to fill your own ego needs, chances are in the last two years, those may have resulted in things going a little overboard. I think that we can embrace, um, uh, embrace ego again in this Leo season in a, in a more healthy way. And, um, and it will be less uh, traumatic in it's uh, the energetic response that we get because we don't have the nodal influence inflating and blowing up uh, all of those uh, energies on the Aquarius Leo polarity. Oh, I love it. That's such a great point, Jack. And, and one that could be easily missed. You know, I'm still, I'm like in cancer Capricorn land, but really you are totally right in the last couple of years, especially, um, uh, I mean, just as recent as January, we had our January. last uh, lunar eclipse at like one degree or Leo. It was it was zero degrees, zero degrees. Zero degrees Leo. Yeah. So, I mean, right on that cusp there, but we're not, we're not too far off that energy. And so all, all these planets, you know, we've already had Mars across uh, that point because actually Mars is uh, known to be an, an eclipse um activator. And so Mars, when basically since Mars moved into Leo, it, it was activating some of the residual of that lunar eclipse that probably happened earlier on this year as it hit that zero degree uh, Leo mm -hmm. point. And so, you know, once the sun gets in there, Mercury visits for a second time and then Venus comes along, you know, we're, we're reactivating all of this, all of this buildup of energy that really was kind of culminating back in January, but now right. picks up its own story into something else. Um, and yeah, I mean, those critical points have been decompressed a bit by the individual planetary energies moving across that point of manifestation. Yeah, because, you know, a story doesn't start and begin in the same place. It just continues through chapters. Um, and especially th that speaks a lot to the Jupiter and Sagittarius component is because I think we are shifting and transitioning our stories in many ways while Jupiter is in this placement. And we really only have until what, uh, early December? Is that when it moves into Capricorn? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like end of November, beginning of December. I mean, we uh, milk the living goodness out of these next few months of Jupiter and Sag. Absolutely. Yeah. 2020 has 
windows of opportunity for really good things, of course, but uh, nothing like the consistency that we get from the greater benefic being in this home side of Sag here. Yeah. And well, I feel like we get to, we get to shift where we need to at this time. And it's, it's not mm-hmm. always the right conditions to shift. And so next year, I feel that the, the Jupiter component, especially once we're in Capricorn, will be that initiating, starting, uh, rooting it down, you know, what we need. But we have to shift first because we don't want to root anything down if we're not in the, in the right story for us. And I think that this particular mm-hmm. Leo season is going to be everything regarding what that story looks like. Um, um, yeah, so I'm fascinated to see what it's going to be for me. I mean, we, I think we all have inklings. Yes. Inklings, yes. <laughs> yes, so many of these seeds are already growing. And you know what I think is getting underplayed as well? This is a little bit uh, in a bit of a future forecast, but I actually think that, especially for daytime elections, the mm-hmm. co-presence of Jupiter being in Capricorn with Saturn, especially for daytime elections, will really make Capricorn elections even nicer even if they get that extra delay factor from the Saturnian principle, having Jupiter co-present will, um, as the benefic of sect and day charts, I think will really provide some really long-lasting, if slow-moving Capricornian elections. No, oh, I love that. But because this is the thing, is like Capricorn, Saturn, it's looking at the long term here. And we get the... We get the uh, the the pleasure of having Jupiter and Sagittarius beforehand. That's like, okay, look at the big picture. Is this the picture you want to see? Is this the picture you want to build? You know? And so we, I love that we get this precursor of like, okay, well, what, what do you really see for yourself? What vision are we in, ta- in holding here? Uh, because if we are going to have that long-term, uh, you know, uh, moving yet maybe slow moving progress that you just spoke of, we want to make sure that our vision is clear and that Sagittarius component is really helping us along in that area, I think. So absolutely. And so, all right. Well, okay. So we've talked about some of that Jupiter boost. I'm just going to give some dates real quick, just to throw out out the nerdy, the nerddom. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start with the, (laughs) I'm going to start with the Uranus hits first and then, then the Jupiter hits. So we'll have the sun square Uranus um, on July 29th, right before Mercury goes direct, FYI. (laughs) And right before we have our new moon in Leo, that's happening at eight degrees and 36 minutes of Leo, which is also on July 31st, which we'll get into here in in a second. We'll talk about the lunations. Um, So there is that sun square Uranus component that happens right before we have that new moon, right before Mercury goes direct, you know? So uh, our... We're coming to realizations, right? You know, we are realizing things. Um, and then we have Venus who will square Uranus as well on August 2nd. Um, but a couple days later on August 6th, that's when the sun will try and Jupiter and then Venus will try and Jupiter on August 8th. Um, so you see, you know, we're kind of having this pattern. So basically the sun and Venus are going to get shaken up by Uranus. And then a few days after that, happens and we're already waxing in a new Leo season, we have the sun and Venus both trining Jupiter there. And of course, Mercury will move into Leo on August 11th, the same day that Jupiter and Uranus station, uh, and then conjunct the sun a couple days later, August 13th, and then that full moon, August 15th. And so... there's, yeah, there's totally a story that's painted here (laughs) that's going on that is making uh, the beginning of August up to the middle of August very important for the story. So Jack, let's talk about, let's talk about this new moon and this full moon that's coming up. So new moon, 
eight degrees Leo. What Absolutely. Well, I think that the aspects that we have uh, leading up to the new moon are sort of the final elements of our greater story, the sun, and what we're seeing emerge in our lives. Um, there, are, there are a bunch of things ending, and I don't think that we'll know exactly how we need to re-gear ourselves to uh, relaunch our perspective until the new moon. So even if, uh, even if you think that you have the fullest of your picture right now, we have so many aspects involving Uranus leading up to the new moon that perhaps wait to truly decide for yourself if you can on your new path until until really the 30th, 31st as the new moon is going finally exact. Because just based on the astrology, I'm going to go ahead and say that most of us have unseen things that are going to come out at the very last second before that new moon. Um, So maybe just hold off until that... (laughs) Last week of, of uh, July, if you can wait for things, if you can't wait for things, then just um, uh, remember that old adage and uh, expect the best, but prepare for the worst so you can handle anything that comes at you. Yes, that's excellent advice. And I think you're absolutely right because we're going to be seeding in Leo and that's that heart-based energy and that inspiration and that passion, what we want to devote that energy to uh, that you, you know, you were lovely stating the Leo energy earlier. And we want to, uh, we want to be birthed within that. And so we have Mm -hmm. to wait for that moment to happen. And there's a lot of, uh, mitigating factors that are going to be taking place a few days before that rebirthing of energy can take place. Um, so yes, yes. And yes, (laughs) I think you're absolutely right about holding, holding back enough, um, which can be hard when we have all this Leo. It's hard to hold back, right? Right. You want to just plant those darn seeds. But remember, we got to also bear in mind that Leo is one of the traditionally more barren signs. So it is uh, notoriously bad, just like the mercurial signs of uh, Gemini and Virgo. Uh, Leo is notorious for being hard to grow things. Mm -hmm. So it's when we don't take the time to see all the fun factors, like will it really rain the day before the new moon kind of thing? Like before we know all these unexpected factors, it's really, um, uh, we really run the risk of there being something that complicates the growth. Uh, And we really also need to make sure that we water things, quote unquote, at the right time in Leo season in order to combat this tendency for things to become overly dry or Mm -hmm. or overbaked. Um, and uh, move a little bit away from the egoic tendency of, I'm just going to plant it. I'm just going to plant it, and it's going to be fine, and it's because I want to plant it, it'll be great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All that attitude, all that that Leo sass. Yeah. Listen to me sing. I'm going to dance. You're going to (laughs) watch. I love it. No, that that's perfect because we want to be clear, and you're absolutely right. If if we're too hot and re- hot and heavy and ready to go, you know, chances are we're going to burn out quickly. You know, because that's the thing is like if you rev your engine too hard, and then when it's time to go, you've already used all your gas. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. or it's going to backfire in some way. Um, so we do want to be uh, pretty clear on that, and 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 probably wait for those those Jupiter trines that we were talking about earlier, and especially once the moon is waxing enough to get into that Sagittarius realm that you were talking about, um, you know, before, as we get towards the full moon in Aquarius. So, you know, 
hold your horses, as they say. <laughs> uh, hold the horses. I know it's hard. Uh, there might be some back-end work that needs to be done, some more uh, preparation uh, behind the scenes or get your ducks in a row or do those Uranus shakeups, you know, change some things before the flowing into that motion. Um, but yes, Jack, I, yes, absolutely. Don't get too, don't get too crazy. <laughs> the Barbie dream house and say, see what really stays attached. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny after all the cancer. Take uh, <laughs> that dream house. Um, okay. So then we have, uh, we have our full moon. So if the, the new moon took place on July 31st as, as Mercury stationing, because we can't stress that enough as well, because keep in mind, something's seeding as Mercury is changing direction as well, too. And we want to give Mercury some time. Yeah, exactly. We want to give Mercury some time as well. We want to give that new moon some time. We want to give Mercury some time. Um, Yeah, so let's see. Let me just look at my... Yeah, because in the square. And so the trine, the trine to Jupiter from the sun is going to be about a week after, a little less than a week after the new moon around that first quarter period. So first quarter, I mean, it'll be nicer when we get to the Sagittarius component, but we're going to be feeling it during the Scorpio component as we commit something and put our emotional energy in whatever it is that we are going forth with. so yes, that Scorpio Sagittarius time of the moon cycle, I think it's going to be very important for the story this month. But let's talk about that full moon. So okay, we're going to wax and wax and wax. The sun is so we're going to have both Jupiter and Uranus is going to station. Uh, we have Mercury moving into Leo. The sun will conjunct Venus on August thirteenth at twenty one degrees of. Leo, right on my midheaven. I'll take it. Um, yes. and, and then we'll have the full moon uh, two days, or actually about a day and a half later on August 15th at 22 degrees and 24 minutes of Aquarius. Jack, what do you think? Aquarius full moon. Aquarius full moon. Well, the Aquarius full moon, of course, the, the full moon always getting back to that opposition of uh, relating to partnership and the two luminaries. So two lights needing to meet across a gap. The Aquarius uh, full moon has a very different, you know, it's funny to think of the lunation as it compares to the reverse lunation in Aquarius season when the sun is in Aquarius and the full moon is in Leo. I almost feel like the full moon in Leo when you're in Aquarius season is this like rejoicing in the hearth fire in the midst of like the cool and aloof um, though, like, you know, the networked togetherness of Aquarius that's dichotomously also called an aloof. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we're in a crowd on a train, but everyone is alone because no one talks to each other. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so funny. The, the full moon in Aquarius during the Leo season, I think, is, is a moment where we look up from our own heart and we see other people for the stars that they are. It's almost like the difference for me between the tropical and sidereal zodiacs in the sense that the tropical zodiac works because the sun is the symbolic connection to the light of the universe. But the sidereal zodiac works because all stars are links to the light of the universe. Mm. You know, I think that there's that beautiful poetical um, dichotomy of, yes, I'm a star and the Aquarius balloon is that moment to look up and say, oh, we are all stars too. And it's really where uh, uh, that, that 
polarity pointing towards Aquarius with the moon is, is really where Leo shines the most being able to share the spotlight. And so part of this journey of being generous and taking act of, of being uh, generous with ourselves and taking action to develop our own ego and our own needs in healthful ways, the full moon culminates into a moment where we turn outwards once more and share our accomplishments or disseminate the, the, the fires of our hearth outwards mm-hmm. um, once again. Yeah. Now that I love that you bring up the 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 two together at the different times of year because it is. I mean, when you think about the full moons, especially when we have the Sun Saturn component or the Moon Saturn with the eclipse season, you know, those are two. Those are different energies. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's Saturn Saturnian energy. So we have two full moons basically in a row. Our eclipse that we just went through that had that Capricorn Saturn component, and really this one is going to have that as well because in Aquarius tradition is ruled by Saturn. So we're back again at Saturn in, in Capricorn. And I love how you're like, okay, so we're, we're so enmeshed in ourselves at this point, right? You know, we have the sun, <laughs> Venus, Mars, Mercury, all in Leo. And then we have this full moon in Aquarius and we begin to see others. We begin to see the groups. We begin to see the world. We begin to see where we fit in that. How does this fit? Where do we fit within this? Um, and so I love that. So not only are we going to be paying more attention to other people in the community that we're involved in um, and giving them that, that light, but we're also seeing where our own light fits within that. And I think that that's going to be um, like any full moon. It's basically culminating whatever that seeding point was in Aquarius, right? Absolutely. When did that happen? We had... The, was it the, was it the, the 5th? January 5th was the new yeah. moon in Aquarius. So the, the, it was the later, it was in like the 20th. The... I got January or, or no. So oh, that was in Capricorn. So it was in Capricorn. So we're talking about we the had a Aquarius new moon on February 4th at 15 degrees Aquarius um, going on. So, I mean, look back to the beginning of February. Yeah. See what's, see what's, you know, culminating forward for you. Because, I mean, I did this on my journal for the recent one. Um, well, not this last one, but with uh, the Sagittarius, the Gemini full moon we had. And I mm-hmm. went to go look at what I was seeding in, in Sagittarius season uh, at the time of the new moon there. I can't even tell you how perfectly they lined up on a couple different occasions. Like I was interested in this program and I got a trial. And then at the full moon, I actually was able to buy the program on the, the, <laughs> on the new moon. I had met a family of my partner for the first time, uh, even though we'd been together for a very long time. And so the second time I saw them, when did I see them? The Gemini. Six months later. Oh my God. And, you know, and you cannot make this stuff up. And that's why I say people True. keep a journal because you will blow your mind when you see the, the cycle of this all. So look back to that early February point um, to see what might be apexing for, for you when we have this uh, full moon moment on August 15th. Um, yes. Absolutely. And then on the collective level as well, I just had a, another thought here is that, you know, when you share the fires of your passion with the world, the Leo parts of you, wherever that's reading your chart, very often we inspire others. Uh, we inspire them to, to have all these, these fantastic, wonderful new ideas because passion, passion uh, is the spark. Passion is the, is the igniting spark of light of the sun. And when we share our passion with the world, we inspire others to think about things in a new way. So that's another just beautiful um, 
collective nature of the Leo-Aquarius dichotomy of uh, passion-inspiring innovation and innovation uh, creating things that people are in, in turn passionate about. Mm, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking as two Leo energies here, we're like, <laughs> you know, all the time where people are like, oh, you really inspire me. Like not only with astrology, mm. with music, you know, different things. And it's that Leo does absolutely hold that energy. And then Aquarius can be that vessel to get that out there to others. Um, but it's so interesting, Jack. Okay. So we know that, we're, so we're talking about our polarity here and our, our dynamic. And of course we have the sun uh, and Venus exactly conjunct in the chart too. So that's also uh, putting in more of that relationship component or, you know, dealing with the other or how we're uh, just relating in the world. But it is interesting to note that, you know, right before the full moon, probably about the day, day prior, we're going to have the moon in Aquarius uh, opposing uh, Mercury now in Leo and making a T-square with Uranus in Taurus. And so when you said innovative, and I'm like, hmm, yes, I think that, <laughs> that we're going to have to be called upon uh, solutions for our creativity in, in some way or what we're putting out there. And there's going to be a little bit of... Wow. Uh, uh, high energy, I think, right before this full moon, just based on that very electric type of configuration. Yes, I was literally just going to say all three things that really connect most to electricity. The only thing that we're missing is Gemini in terms of electrical things. Aquarius, Uranus, and Mercury, the three, mm -hmm. like three of the four things in the zodiac that connect to electricity are, are all going to be activated by our lunar lady, who's very conductive in her watery self. <laughs> and so um, uh, there's definitely going to be something uh, jumping out at us um, uh, during, during that moment, for sure. Um, it's hard to even put your mind around what it is with all the yeah. electricity. But, yeah. Well, and all the potential for the unexpected. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I would be surprised. That's another component. I would be surprised if we were able to call it because that's the nature of Uranus. It's, right. it's like, you don't know, you know, there is a level of excitement. And so that's the thing too, is we might be incredibly excited about something or excitable about something um, at that time. People with nervous disorders, if you get overly anxious or uh, um, have uh, an overly anxious, uh, overactive immune system, where if you experience hypertension or high blood pressure, definitely a day to watch out for overtaxing yourself. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, so if you fall into that uh, criteria, which I think, <laughs> I think I do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that those uh, probably just, you know, August 13th, 14th, 15th. I mean, Uranus is stationing too. Like it's still stationing during that, I mean, it's not the exact day, but you know, the planet's super slow and it, it's just going to be a hot spot of energy basically from August 9th up until that full moon. And really until once the moon moves into Capricorn, conjuncts, you know, Saturn, the South Node, Pluto in there, that's when the party is going to be starting really <laughs> because we have that Saturn flavor that is going to be taking place that'll move us into Aquarius to light up that Mercury Uranus T square. And then we're going to have a full moon opposed uh, the sun and Venus. Uh, exactly. So that is a, a hot spot story for that. Uh, basically the week of August 12th, you know, hold on to your seats. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah man, if you have stuff in the early degrees of all these fixed signs right now, like just that, like, down the hatches, Dorothy, like get ready. Like just <laughs> I know. How have you been feeling? You have your moon right there. I know, I know. Well, I I mean, as you know, Mel, I just uh, I 
just uh, had a new living situation uh, arise involving home and family and a fabulous gentleman that I'm dating now, but all of that home life, security, emotional needs, wonderfulness, I, I, uh, an amazing uh, man has stepped into my life and that is wonderful and we're having a great time, but it was definitely Uranian. It just like suddenly showed up on my doorstep. Um, and so uh, it's been really positive so far and let's... <laughs> let's keep it that way. Let's, let's hope every, every, every bolt of lightning feels this nice, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And well, you know, we're going to be rolling through Leo. It's all about the heart. So let's connect with that. Let's bring in that joy. Let's uh, let's not uh, separate ourselves from it. Like it, like it probably has been easy to do with all that Capricorn dry uh, energy. So we want to jump into the heart for whatever that looks like for you, uh, and then you know roll with it, root it down. You know, ground the good fortune that is coming our way. Even if we have to shake a few things up, there is good fortune, and then we can root that down uh, during this uh, Leo season. I believe. Um, because, you know, we only have it for so long. And then, uh, basically towards the end, we have Mars moving into Virgo on August 17th. And then Venus will move there as well on August 21st. Actually, Venus will have toured three signs. She's moving so fast right now because she's conjunct the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, so she starts it out in cancer, moves to Leo. And then right before Leo season ends, she moves into, uh, Virgo, which will be a totally different energy once Mars and Venus move to Virgo and then uh, conjunct, right, Jack? Aren't they doing that? Yes, absolutely. They, uh, Mars and Venus are going to be uh, uh, going conjunct while still combust the sun in Virgo. And that is going to be its own wonderful combination of energies. God bless Venus and Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we will we'll wait for that for Virgo season to talk yes. about that. But that is kind of the uh, the entry point into Virgo land uh, once we get there. We'll really be feeling it once uh, Mars moves in there. It'll be a big shift, especially since it's been in Leo for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so, you know, ride this fiery, <laughs> uh, you know, get into this hearth fire while we can because it won't last for long. And I think it's going to provide us the inspiration and the creative solution necessary to really move ourselves forward uh, into what we desire and what lights the heart, you know? Absolutely, Mel. And I just think as a sort of a final note to that Venus Kazemi that's going to be happening, it's happening in the wonderful middle decan of, uh, of Leo, right? No, it's in the final decan of Leo here, right? So uh, the final decan of Leo is um, about needing to like defend the throne, or about needing like it's the, it's what comes after the king is comfortable and queen is comfortable on her seat. The middle the middle beckon of Leo, so there is an element of uh, of defending the throne or needing to make a stand for what one has claimed, and so uh, this is a great time to. Uh, fix things in your life so that you can stand as a pillar for those you value and uh, for that which you value and for those who you love. I think this would be a really great time to set those uh, types of um, magical and psychological intentions uh, for this particular sun, Venus Cassini. Mm. Now that's interesting that you bring up that, that Deccan in general, just because it is, uh, it is a, a Mars ruled Deccan. Um, hence mm-hmm. what you were saying, having kind of stand that up and like put your energy. So I think this is just going to be very energetic time, just 
overall, we're all, we're all going to be kind of asserting ourselves in certain ways, moving forward, uh, taking on challenges, uh, you know, just there's, there's going to be a lot of energy in the air, <laughs> especially once we get into this latter half of, of the Leo cycle with all these planets in Leo and then triggering even more of that Martian energy um, at the tail end, especially with Mars. Mars is not only in the face of uh, of Mars at the last decan of Leo, but that's also its, uh, its bound, its, its term as well. So mm. Mars is going to be lit up in many ways before it moves into Virgo. So just FYI, <laughs> it'll be yeah. How do I express my love? How do I, how do I stand for my values? How, how, how is that done through action indeed? Yeah. How do I act upon my creative impulses? How do I act mm-hmm. upon, you know, like what the, what the heart is telling me, uh, you know, that needs to some action. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably be ready to go because there's a lot of been, been a lot of in-between points for most of us where we're standing in these two different realms. And now we'll, we'll probably be like, okay, I got it. I know where I'm going. I've shaken this up and now it's just time to do. It's just time to do at that point, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, maybe it's because my mind is on romance, but that whole uh, sequence of days from the 13th to the 15th, when you have that Venus Sun Kazemi in Leo, followed by that new uh, that full moon uh, in Leo and Aquarius, could be a really great time to make a stand for or, or a grand romantic gesture, and then to um, live out that experience uh, with uh, with your partner or with your other of choice. Yes, or if there is any type of contention, if because we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Moon and in Saturn again, but I think by the time we get to that Pisces energy, that disseminating like Pisces energy, yes, then we're going to be like, oh wait, hold on, hold on, oh I want to get back in here. Let's merge once. What was I holding on to? It seems so pointless now. now. I know. (laughs) What was I taking a stand for? Um, I love it. That's so funny. So, well, I think we've covered a lot of good things here. So if we, I mean, if you were to kind of sum up Leo season from what your own eyes or maybe some ways, you know, like how to embrace the energy personally, what what would you say, Jack? I would say uh, for this Leo season, um, we're going to be, uh, we, we talked about it a lot already. This is going to be a really amazing Leo season for clarifying your sense of self. Um, uh, with so much interplay from Venus and Jupiter here. So there's going to be, uh, I would say it's going to be about values, about um, uh, your wealth emotionally, as well as if you're someone that more identifies their personal richness through their um, uh, financial security or through how they uh, even adorn themselves, Venus and Jupiter uh, and the sun in Leo, how we craft our, uh, our visage in a way that makes us feel empowered and uh, regal, like we, like we deserve to wear the kings and queens of our own lives. Um, and I think that this, I, I really, uh, I mean, far be it from a Leo to say, like, it takes some time to be a little selfish, but like, this is a really healthy time for us to really stand for our own needs. And I think that we will receive more love from the outside world by standing in our own personage right now. Yes, yes, because you know it's hard to love someone else unless you love yourself first, and so I think that that's a great, great way of looking at it. So we have to give that love to ourselves, and so, like we were saying earlier, self care. Do something you love to do. 
You know, if you just love to do it, don't wait for an excuse to do it. That is the excuse. Just go and do something that you find joy in. Go do something that, you know, pampers yourself. Well, maybe when we have those, the, those Jupiter, uh, Venus trines, get a nice haircut. You know, Leo loves mm-hmm. its hair. Like, you know, freshen up your look. Uh, have a little bit of fun with it. But whatever you do, you know, care for the self, empower the self, and and treat the self. Be generous to the self. Not at the expense of others. We don't want that. But we, you know, just so you can stand in your own power and authority better because you're well cared for and well loved. Yes, do whatever makes you feel radiant. I mean, think of just the term sun-kissed. When you're right, right, when you have just that right amount of self-care balance with the clear, you know, the obvious visible thing, oh, they must take care of themselves. Let yourself be kissed by the light of your own ego, not burned to a crisp by it, but just glowing and golden from it. Oh, I love that. We're ending it there because that is some sound piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) That for Leo season. So, all right, Mr. Jack, where where can people find you? What do you got going on? Well, I have my uh, website relaunching on the 20th. So this will, yeah, so this will be coming out right as uh, I have my website up again, GeminiJack.com. And uh, I have a fabulous new yoga teaching gig. If you're in the District of Columbia, I'll be teaching yoga Friday nights at 5, Saturdays at 9, and Sundays at 11 at the Yoga Factory on the Water on the Wharf in D.C. So expect some wonderful Instagram picks from that, too. I'm so honored to be a part, uh, part of this team and a part of this new studio. I. Uh, it is a really, truly beautiful venue. So if you're ever buying near the water and you want to uh, unwind and also get some truly great food and some, uh, like, see the sights, go out to the Anthem, this amazing venue, I'll see you there every weekend um, in the studio with the wall of windows. So I'm very excited about that. I have a lot of uh, consults coming up, but my calendar is still open for new clients. And uh, this is also the hot time of the year for interior design gigs and for uh, uh, turnovers on the real estate market. So I am a busy boy, but uh, hit me up and we will get you locked on the schedule. Ah, I love it. And so I love that you got your new yoga gig on the water during this cancer eclipse season. Like how perfect yeah. is that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I have, I have to admit, I, I, I totally had, I had an election choice for this, for this gig. Cause they, I had two audition times available and the one audition time was when the sun was anoretic at 29 degrees of Gemini, my ascendant sign, mm-hmm. um, r- uh, the very day where the sun ingressed into cancer on the solstice and Venus was still in, uh, was still in Gemini. It just, it was a perfect election and it turned out into a perfect opportunity. So if you want to talk electional work, definitely, uh, um, that is definitely something that, that has been expanding in my clientele as well. Nice. See, yeah, proof is in the pudding. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, I will definitely share where you can find Jack and all his fabulousness. So where can you find me? Well, you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. And of course, I have my Patreon page, which is currently under reconstruction as I am creating new offerings to bring to the people. Um, and I, once again, I do have a poll that is running until the last quarter moon here 
on uh, the 24th, July 24th. So it's only a couple of days, but it's a public poll. And if you are interested uh, and want to share your opinion and what you'd like to see me maybe offering, you know, head on over there. It's uh, patreon.com backslash energetic principles and you can participate in the poll. Um, and of course, like Jack, I also do consultations uh, where we either connect via in person here on Sandy in San Diego or uh, via Zoom anywhere in the world. Um, so definitely hit me up if you're interested about that. So, okay. Now people need to know what the heck is happening in the world. So share this podcast, share Jack and I's enthusiasm for Leo season with your friends and your loved ones, because it'll be good to know, especially with all this opportunity, I think that is coming down this month. Or maybe even give a nice uh, review on wherever you listen to this podcast because that helps us both be seen as well. So, all right. My spiel is over, Jack. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure with you. Thank you. How delightfully leonine this entire conversation has been, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And for my own joy, you'll be back because it is purely a selfish request. But I think the listeners love you too. Perfect. Well, I'll, I'll see you after NCGR in Baltimore at the end of uh, at the end of August here. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, wishing everyone a fabulous Leo season. I think it is going to be great, and I think it's going to be just what we all need. So let hold on tight and get ready for the fiery ride that's ahead. Oh, and bleh, Mercury is catching up with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Close the podcast. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and all your support. I really do appreciate it. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm